So what's your answer to that question? Who leads you in a temptation or what leads you in a temptation? And, and I know our responses were like, well, it's cor- of course it's him or her or them. Uh, of course it's alcohol. Of course it's the computer. Of course it's social media or food or my friends. It, it's, it's their fault. If it wasn't for them, if it wasn't for that, they're constantly leading me into temptation. Or maybe, do you lead you in a temptation? See, we naturally want to put the blame on them or it, but is it possible that you lead you into temptation? Now, for those of us who would say we're followers of Christ, for those of us who have put our faith in Jesus by asking him to be the forgiver of our sins and leader of our life, this is an especially important question. Because you know, if you're familiar with the story of Jesus, that Jesus extended a specific two-word invitation. And that invitation was, follow me. Another way to say it is, allow me to lead you. Follow me as the leader of your life, as your Lord. Now, if someone asks you to follow them, your initial response would be, well, where? Like, follow you where? Where, where, where are you going? But the best we can tell, no one ever asked Jesus that. See, following Jesus in the first century was re- wasn't really about where. Jesus' invitation to follow him was more about who and what. It was more about following him personally, relationally, and then doing what he asked to do, what he asked you to do, what he asked his followers to do. And he was very clear. And sometimes he was too clear. And he set the bar so dang high. And actually, one of the most unpopular statements in the New Testament is actually something Jesus said. He's, and it's recorded in Matthew 16. He says, whoever wants to be my disciple, whoever wants to be my follower, must deny themselves and take up their cross and Follow me. For whoever wants to save their life, whoever wants to live for themselves, will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me, whoever follows me and my will instead of their own will, will find it, will find true life. And by the way, Jesus proved that to be true when he defeated death and rose from the grave. But here Jesus is saying, in order to follow me, you must say no to you and yes to me. No to you and yes to me. Now, because of that, chances are you've probably never seen a Matthew 16, 22, or 1624 tattoo. Like people aren't like getting this tattooed on their body because it's so, the bar's so high. He set the bar high and he never altered it. He never edited it. He never changed it. He never dumbed it down. The, the, this whole follow me invitation. But the church eventually did. Which is understandable. Because follow me has some strings attached. It has some to-dos and some don'ts attached. It requires that we say yes to Jesus and eventually say no to ourselves. So over time, the church reduced Jesus' invitation from follow me to believe in me. And that's much easier. Like that's much less demanding. In fact, it doesn't demand anything of you at all. You know, just, just believe and you'll be fine. Just have the right religious framework and you'll be fine. Just make sure you ask for forgiveness when you sin and you'll be fine. And by the way, you may feel better about yourself with that approach, but you won't be following Jesus. He won't be the leader of your life. And as we're about ready to discover, you'll never pray in a way that works. Now, if you're kind of joining us for the very first time, uh, just to let you know, we're kind of landing a, a plane on the five-week series that we've been doing all on prayer. And the reason we decided to do a series is because many have people have concluded that prayer doesn't work. You go, I asked, I prayed, but he never answered, nothing ever happened. And perhaps it was a series of nothings that convinced you that there's nothing to prayer. So the question we've been asking and answering is, what if the reason our prayers don't seem to work is because we're not praying correctly? 
What if the reason our prayer seems so hit and miss is because we've gotten prayer all wrong? What if there's something missing in how we so often pray? Well, according to Jesus, there is. See, as as God-fearing Jews, Jesus' first century followers, they grew up praying and they prayed a lot. But like many of us, they'd become frustrated with prayer because nothing was happening. And then they saw Jesus pray. And after watching Jesus pray, they realized there's something totally different about his prayers. His prayers were powerful. They were effective. They were answered. And it made them even more discontent with their own prayers. After watching Jesus pray, they knew there was something missing about what prayer was and how to pray. So they finally pleaded with Jesus, Lord, teach us how to pray. And throughout this series, we've been looking at a passage in Matthew 6 where Jesus taught his first century followers how to pray. And Jesus' lesson on prayer uh, in Matthew 6, recorded in Matthew 6, is so important. So important for all of us, regardless of where you're at on your journey. Regardless if you say, man, I'm a follower of Christ, or I'm kind of skeptical of this whole Jesus thing, or I believe everything written in the Bible, or I don't think anything written in the Bible is true, or, you know, I've been part of a church my whole life, or this is my first time ever tuning into a church gathering or showing up into a church building. Regardless of where you're at in your life, the series is so important because what I know about all, every single one of us is that at some point in time when you need something bad enough, when you feel low enough, when you need someone bigger than yourself, when circumstances are outside of your control, when you feel lost, when you feel hopeless, when you feel at your end, at some point in time, you've probably prayed. Or, it gets bad enough, at some point in time, you probably will pray. Well, we must learn how to pray. So we don't go our whole lives participating in it without experiencing the power of it. According to Jesus, prayer is powerful. It's powerful in your life. It's powerful in the lives of others. It's powerful in how you view and relate to, to your heavenly Father. And since you're going to pray at some point anyway, you might as well learn how to. So you don't miss out experiencing the power of it. So over the last few weeks, we discovered Jesus' lesson on prayer was very specific. And he starts his lesson, if you remember, with how not to pray. He says, don't pray like a hypocrite. Don't pray to impress others because that doesn't impress your heavenly Father. Instead, he said, when you pray, get consistently by yourself. Pray to your heavenly Father whom you can't see but who sees you. And when you do this, he will reward you. We, we, we then saw Jesus continue his lesson on prayer by saying, when you pray, don't go on and on and on and on about what you want because your heavenly Father knows what you need before you ask him, which raises the question, uh, so why pray? And we only ask that question because many of us have reduced prayer to informing God. I'm informing God about my needs. I'm informing him about my wants and my wishes. But if God already knows, then why pray? And Jesus would say, now you're asking the right question. Could it be the purpose of prayer is not ultimately about trying to get stuff from God? And Jesus would say, if that thought's going through your mind, you're on to something. You're on the verge of a breakthrough. Now you're ready to learn how to pray. He says, goes on and says, this then is how you should pray. Here's how to pray to your Father who's unseen when you're alone and no one can see you. Here's how to pray in a way that works, in a way that your heavenly Father responds to. And this is the passage we've been breaking down. And so one final time, let's read it all out loud together. Here we go. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now many of us know that this has become known as the Lord's Prayer. 
Many of us have memorized it, and many of us have also thoughtlessly recited it numerous times, all the while missing Jesus' entire point. See, Jesus wasn't teaching his followers exact words to pray verbatim, like many of us have turned it into. He was teaching his followers, he was, he was teaching them why to pray and the elements of how to pray in a way that works. He says, hey, start by recognizing who you're talking to and declare his greatness. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. We discovered, man, you rush by this, you'll resist what follows. And what follows is why we pray. It says, pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. Essentially what Jesus is saying is the purpose of prayer is to surrender our will, not to impose it. The purpose of prayer is not to impose our will on God, but to surrender ourselves to the will of God. And Jesus would say, you should stay there. You should pray there until you can say with all sincerity, your will, not mine. Because if you can't say with all sincerity, your will, not mine, from that point forward, there's no reason to keep praying about anything. When it comes to praying in a way that works, this is a game changer. Now from there, Jesus instructs us to pray for three things with that posture of surrender. He instructs us to pray for provision, pardon, and protection. Two weeks ago, we looked at provision. Give us today our daily bread. Last week, we looked at pardon. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And to end the series today, we're diving into, last but not least, protection. And Jesus says, and lead us not into temptation. Essentially, this prayer is saying, protect us. Well, let's more personalize it. Protect me from being led into the temptation to sin. Now, Jesus teaches us to, pre to, to pray in this way because he, know, he knew in more ways than we will ever know what sin does to his followers. What sin does to those of us who have put our faith in him by asking him to be the forgiver of our sins and leader of our life. And I actually touched on these last week. Jesus knew sin hurts our relationship with our heavenly father. Sin prevents us as followers of Christ from growing in a relationship with him and experiencing and being in his presence. Not because God removes himself from us when we sin, but because when we choose to sin, we're choosing to turn our back on God and walk away from him towards something else. We're choosing not to follow Jesus when we choose to sin. Jesus also knew that sin ultimately, it hurts us. And you know this. You don't even need Jesus to know this. However you define sin, you know that sin destroys relationships, it hurts marriages, it generates guilt and shame and regret, it leads to addiction. Sin, it hurts ourselves, it hurts others, it hurts our relationship with our Heavenly Father. Sin, it prevents us from being transformed into everything God created us to be and from experiencing the life and hope and peace and joy and fulfillment and contentment and strength and healing that can only be produced through a growing relationship with Him. It's why I say all the time, sin does not make us bad. Sin makes us, sin makes us dead. Now knowing that, Jesus instructs us to pray, protect me from being led into temptation. So let me go back to the question again. What leads you into temptation? Who leads you into temptation? And you need to, you need to know, according to Jesus and according to the writers of Scripture, it's never, it's never God. Temptation can lead to sin. God never wants us to end up there. Therefore, God never leads us into temptation, which means you can blame God all day long for your temptations. You can blame God all day long for why you sinned and it's his fault, but play, you're placing the blame in the wrong place. So what leads you into temptation? Who leads you into temptation? And you need to know it's never a what. It's never a what. 
It's always one of two who's. It's always one of two who's. According to Jesus, according to the writers of Scripture, the first two is Satan. I mean, Jesus and the writers of Scripture made it clear that we have an enemy who wants to tempt us. He wants to tempt you because he, with sin because he knows more than you'll ever know what sin will do in your life today. He knows. Once you put your faith in Jesus, Satan knows he's lost all the ability to affect your eternity. He can't affect your eternity anymore. So he wants to do whatever he can to take you out right now. Jesus says that the enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy you today. Peter one of Jesus' apostles refers to Satan as like, like this roaring lion just lurking around, sneaking around, just waiting for someone to devour. And Satan, he'll use anything to lead you into temptation. He'll use hit it, he'll use her, he'll use them, he'll use your computer, he'll use social media, he'll use money, he'll use food, he'll use race, he'll use whatever he can to lead you into temptation. It, it's, he's the one who's behind it, not them, not it. You have an enemy who's working to lead you in attempt, the temptation to sin. The second who, this one hurts a little bit more. The second who is you. Sometimes Satan doesn't need to do anything to lead you into temptation, does he? We lead ourselves just fine many times without Satan doing anything to tempt us. Sometimes the only one you have to blame for being led to temptation is the person in the mirror. Sometimes I'm the only one I have to blame. Which leads to the question, why do you lead you into temptation? Why do you lead you into temptation? What about you leads you to, into the temptation of sin and the temptation of regret? What in you leads you to the same temptation over and over and over again? Why are you prone to lead yourself into temptation knowing how it can hurt you and others and your relationship with your heavenly father? And I believe the answer could be summarized under two headings. Self-preservation and self-gratification. Self-preservation and self-gratification. Self-preservation, self by the way, is fueled by fear. Fear of hurt, harm, isolation, fear of losing security, position, opportunity, fear of losing them, fear of uncertainty, fear of loss, fear of what if. Self-preservation can lead us into the temptation to steal, to lie, to cheat, to be greedy. Self-preservation. The other, self-gratification. And you got to know, self-gratification is fueled by desire. The desire to feel good. The desire for love and relief and escape. The desire for pleasure. The desire for self-worth. The desire, desire to look good. The desire to be noticed. And we all have those desires in us. Therefore, sometimes Satan doesn't need to do anything to lead us into temptation because we lead ourselves there just fine. I lead me into temptation when I'm trying to self-gratify or self-preserve. I lead me in a temptation, you lead you in a temptation when you're trying to self-gratify or self-preserve. When we take our lead from these two things, who do our lives center on? You know this. We take our lead from these two things, our lives center on ourselves. When we take our lead from these two appetites, whose life are we trying to save? You know. Ourselves. Self-gratification, self-preservation, it's all about me. It's all about you. When we take our lead from these two appetites, let me ask you, who eventually gets hurt? Ourselves. Oh, and by the way, everyone close to us. Self-gratification, self, 
self-preservation, they're poor leaders. Follow them and, you'll, you'll, and they'll lead you into temptation and leave you there to suffer the consequences. And I'm not telling you something that you don't already know. Because many of us have the memories to prove it. We have the scars to prove it. We have the wounds to prove it. We have the regret to prove it. Self-gratification, self-preservation, they lead us in circles. Follow their lead, you'll end up chasing your tail for more and more and more. And you know, there's never enough. Appetites are never satisfied. When you feed them, they grow and round and round and round you go. Following them leads us into temptation. And what you have to know is self-gratification and self-preservation lead to self-destruction. And in the end, you follow them. You only have yourself to show for yourself. And chances are in the end, you won't even like yourself. In the end, you'll find nothing but hurt, destruction, lifelessness, despair, hopelessness, and probably not immediately, but eventually. And that's why Jesus instructs us to pray and lead us not into temptation. Meaning protect me from being led into the temptation to sin by Satan or myself. Protect me, Jesus, by leading me somewhere else. But if and when temptation comes, Jesus would say, here's what else to pray. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, some English translations of the Bible, you know, say deliver us from evil. Other translations, English translations of the Bible, like the NIV that I'm reading out of today, says deliver us from the evil one. Now, if it's e- the evil one, Jesus is referring to Satan. If it's deliver us from evil, Jesus is referring to the evil within that can lead us into the temptation. You know, our self-gratification and self-preservation. What you need to know is both are correct. Both are accurate. Either of those can be used. Deliver us from the evil one or deliver us from evil. Now the term delivered is very interesting. The term delivered means to rescue or save from danger. So if you were to kind of put Jesus' whole phrase together here, he's saying, this then is how you should pray. Protect me from being led into the temptation to sin by Satan or myself. And if I'm tempted, deliver me, save me. Rescue me from the power of the evil within myself or from the power of the evil one who is tempting me. Now let me ask you, do you pray this? Do you pray this? I mean, we pray for parking spots. We pray for safe travel. We pray for good grades. We pray for healing. We pray the Cornhuskers win. God's not answering. But what about this? Do you ask for this? Can you pray this with a clear conscience? Because you can't be planning to lead yourself into temptation and pray then not to be led there. You can't plan to lead yourself into temptation and then when you're there to pray to be delivered from it. You can't pray for your heavenly father to deliver you from the temptation of drinking if you keep leading yourself to the bar. Well, you can, but that makes you, well, we covered that already. That makes you, according to Jesus, a hypocrite. 
Now, Jesus thought it was possible to be protected from being led into temptation. Jesus thought it was possible to be delivered from temptation after we are tempted, but not by accident. And Jesus would go, that's why you pray. That's why I'm teaching you how to pray in a way that works. And let me tell you what, Jesus knew what he's talking about because Jesus was led into temptation. Jesus was tempted. Are, are you familiar with this verse recorded in Hebrews 4? For we do not have a high priest, referring to Jesus, who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every way, literally means in all things, who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. Jesus was tempted in all the ways you are, in all the ways I am, yet he did not sin. He was protected. He was delivered. And in light of that, Here's the promise. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence. Well, how do we approach God's grace, throne of God's grace with confidence? Through prayer. Let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need, to help us in our time of temptation. Listen, do you want the reward of God's mercy and grace in your time of need? Do you want to be protected from temptation? Do you want to be delivered from temptation? Or do you want to play the sin now, ask forgiveness game later? Do you want to play the sin now, ask forgiveness later game? Let's be honest, many of us play that game. You got to know this is a subtle yet harmful game that assumes the worst about your heavenly father. It's a game that assumes he's inept and gullible. And a game that assumes God can be used and manipulated however you and I want to use and manipulate him. And again, as we talked about last week, it reduces God to a cleaning product and reduces prayer to a conscience cleanser. And just so you know, and just so you're clear, that God doesn't exist. There's nothing hallowed about a God who's so easily manipulated. That God is not worth surrendering to. That God's not worth singing to. And for sure, that God's not worth praying to. That's an imaginary God. It's a figment of our religious imagination that we created to make us feel better when we choose to sin. you got to know, Jesus doesn't wink at sin. It cost him too much for that. Our sin cost him his life. Jesus doesn't wink at sin because he loves you, because he loves me, and he knows what it does to us. So Jesus says, this then is how you should pray. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. There's a path. There's a path Jesus has invited us to take that protects us from being led into temptation and delivers us when we are tempted. And it's not discipline, though it involves discipline. It's not self-control, though it does involve self-control. It's accepting Jesus' original invitation to follow me. Jesus didn't merely invite us to believe something. When we reduce faith in Jesus to that, it's dead religion. Faith in Jesus without actively following Jesus, it's counterfeit faith. It's not real faith. It's faith that is, according to Jesus, worthless. Jesus' invitation to you and to me is, follow me. Follow me. Come on, come on, come on. Follow me. Right here, right now, on earth, not just someday in heaven. Following Jesus 
says with sincerity. You ready? Your kingdom come, your will be done in my life today. And what do you know? We find ourselves right back at surrender. We find ourselves right back when Jesus said, whoever wants to be my follower must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. By the way, if that's like create some tension in you, you should come back next week in the new series that we're starting called All In. It's going to be awesome. But here's the big idea I want you to take away from today and remember from the day. It's this. Protection of God is a reward from God to those who are surrendered to God. This is big. Protection of God from temptation, from being led into temptation, from the evil within, from the self-gratification and self-preservation, from the evil one. It's a reward. Protection of God is a reward from God. And it's not a reward for everyone. It's a reward for those who are surrendered to God by following Jesus as the leader of their lives, as their Lord. Protection does not happen without surrender. It does not happen without surrender. And when it comes to prayer, we got to remember, surrendering our, wills, our will to God's is the purpose of prayer, at least according to Jesus. Jesus wants to lead you into something, and it's not temptation. Praying, lead me not into temptation, is really the prayer. Jesus, what do you want to lead me into? Guys, this is hard. Most of us won't do this, because here's what it sounds like. Jesus, financially, what do you, what, what do you want to lead me into? We don't want to pray that, do we? Because so often we want our will financially. Jesus, financially, what do you want to lead me into? Jesus, relationally, what do you want to lead me into? Jesus, with my time, what do you want to lead me into? Jesus, physically, what do you want to lead me into? Jesus, sexually, what do you, not me, want to lead me into? You want to hear from God when you pray? Pray that. In my experience, he always answers. And the answer usually causes tension, discomfort, inconvenience. The answer usually is something I want to dismiss. And what do you know? We're right back at surrender. And that's where surrender comes in. Not my will, but yours be done. I'm surrendered. I will follow. Now, praying this doesn't mean that you're never going to be tempted. Praying, Jesus, what do you want me to lead me into and following? It doesn't mean you're never going to be tempted. You will be. So if and when you're tempted to lie, cheat, steal, gossip, hurt others, hate, be greedy, Jesus instructs us to pray, deliver me from the evil within and the evil one who has tempted me. Are you tempted with something right now? Are you tempted with something right now? If so, the question to pray is, who am I going to follow? Who am I going to follow? Remember, one of two who's will always lead you into temptation. The evil one or you, fueled by self-gratification and self-preservation, which means in the midst of temptation, hear me, hear me, hear me, in the midst of temptation, we will choose to follow one of three leaders. In the midst of every temptation, we will choose to follow one of three leaders. We will choose to follow Satan, ourselves, or Jesus. You can only follow one at a time. 
Well, I guess you can follow Satan and yourself at the same time, but you get my point. You can't follow Jesus and follow you. Let me say it again. You can't follow Jesus and follow you. You can't have him be the Lord of your life and you be the Lord of your life. And you can't follow Jesus and follow Satan at the same time. It's impossible. And you've got to know in the midst of that time, who are you going to follow? You say, you know, in the midst of temptation, who am I going to follow? Jesus is not going to force you to follow him. Y'all, we all love free will until it doesn't work out for us. He ain't going to force you to follow him. He's going to allow you to follow yourself if you want. He's going to allow you to follow Satan if you want, in, into temptation if you want. You also need to mo- know the more that, you're, that, you che- that you allow yourself to be led into the temptation to sin, the more tempted to sin you're going to be, the more temptation to sin you're going to be led into from that point forward. The more that you allow yourself to be led into the temptation to sin, the more temptation to sin you're going to be led into. If you choose to follow yourself or the evil one into sin, here's what's going to happen, and it's happened to some of us already in this room. If you choose to follow yourself or Satan into the temptation to sin, you will end up justifying your sin. And before long, you're going to start believing that God's okay with your sin and that it's his will for you. And some of us have already started to do that. And you need to know that it is a lie from the evil one that he wants you to believe, because once you believe that lie, he don't got to work anymore. You'll continue to lead you into the temptation of sin all day long. It's a lie. It's a lie that leads you into destruction and death and hurt. When we're tempted, Jesus won't force us to follow him. He'll simply invite us to follow him. Follow me. Follow me. And I hope you and I, I hope we all choose to follow him because he's a better Lord than us. He's a better leader than Satan. So in the midst of that that temptation, we're in the midst of that temptation, how do we follow Jesus? How do we follow Jesus when we are tempted? We go right back to prayer number one. Jesus, what do you want to lead me into? When we're tempted to sin, if we just sit around and pray, Deliver me, deliver me, deliver me, help 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 me, deliver me, deliver me, deliver me. But we never choose to get up and say, Jesus, what are you leading me into? Sooner or later, we're going to fall into temptation of sin. If you don't want to eat that piece of cake and you look at the cake and say, don't eat the cake, don't eat the cake, don't eat the cake, don't eat the cake, don't eat the cake. That cake looks good. Don't eat the cake. Sooner or later, you're going to take a piece of that cake. When you're tempted to sin, the follow Jesus prayer is, Jesus, what are you leading me into? What do you want to lead me into? And in that moment, he's going to invite you to follow him to take a next step into something or away from something. And it will be all kinds of different things, depending on what we're tempted with. It could be remove social media from your phone. Get into that small group. Stop buying the liquor. Call them. Break up with them. Start serving people instead of yourself. Go to bed earlier. Be generous. Stop being by yourself with them. We're right back to surrender, aren't we? Nah, I got this. But it's through that next step where we're delivered. Because it's through that next step where we are following the deliverer. Now, I could, this morning, I thought about the thousand times that I've been tempted to sin and fall into the temptation to sin and sin, and I'm like, how embarrassed do I want to be this morning? How authentic do I want to be this morning? And so I thought about something that many of us can probably relate to. And so um, go ahead and throw up that picture. And now this is, that's me on the left. 
Um, that's in 2002. By the way, this has quickly become the most embarrassing moment of my life right now. Uh, this is in 2002. I was 22 years old, so this is 19 years ago. Now, here's the deal with this. this, this is, the reason I'm sharing this is because a few years before this, I was in one of the best shapes, shape of my life. I was playing college football. I was in shape. And then after I quit, college, f- quit football, I kind of just let myself go. I mean, let myself not kind of go. I let myself go a lot. Uh, and I ended up so out of shape, extremely out of shape, um, to the point where uh, I couldn't make it through an entire day without taking a nap. I mean, I was so out of shape. And my, I'm 22 years old, and my joints hurt, my body hurts. And I, at this point in my life, I felt like I wanted to go into full-time occupational ministry. <laughs> Not, I didn't want to do this yet, and this is, who wanted to do this? I wanted to do something else. But, uh, so I didn't, but I wanted to go into full-time occupational ministry, but I, like, I couldn't even stay awake through the whole day. Like I was so out of shape. And so I, I felt convicted that I needed to get into shape. And so I started to pray a variation of these prayers. Now, I didn't need to pray, Jesus, what are you leading me into? Because I knew what Jesus was leading me into. I knew he was leading me into get into shape so I could be the best version of myself and glorify him the most with my life. And so because I knew he was leading me into that, I knew there was next steps to take around that. Next steps of working and working out and eating right. And so I chose to start eating right and removing carbs and sugar from my diet. And chose to start working out every single day and getting up early and going to the gym. And you got to know in that season of life, particularly in the first six, six to 12 months, I was tempted so much. I mean, I was tempted to sleep in and be lazy and, you know, eat that pizza, not a piece of pizza, the whole pizza, and I mean, I was tempted in so many ways just to, to, you know, just to fall off the wagon, essentially, and I no lie, like, in those moments, I would say, okay, who am I going to follow? Who am I going to follow? Am I going to follow this temptation, you know, or am I, am I going to follow Jesus? And, and I, you know, it's such, we, th- those of us who have ever struggled with this type of thing and temptation to sin and eat, like, you know, like, it's a real, it's real, it's a real battle, and I was fighting that real battle, and I was like, no, I'm going to choose to follow Jesus. I'm going to choose to follow Jesus. I'm going to choose to take his next step, follow Jesus with how I'm eating and how I'm working out. And it was through that that those next steps, those little next steps every single day, I really feel like Jesus delivered me from the temptation that day. And I ended up losing, you know, 60 pounds in that season of my life. But, and you got to know, for the last 19 years, like, I've continued to struggle. I've, I fall into that temptation all the time. Now, listen, this is a maybe small one for some of you. For some of you saying temptation, oh, there's some big, huge temptations out there. I could share tons of them with you in my own life. But this is just one of those things that we can just see, like, okay, Jesus, what are you leading me into? Who am I going to follow? What are you leading me into? Who am I going to follow? What are you leading me into? Who am I going to follow? So does prayer work? Well, the Jesus way of praying works. Can you pray with sincerity? Lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil and the evil one. Now, the assumption is that you've accepted Jesus' invitation to follow him by putting your faith in Jesus. By asking Jesus to be the forgiver of your sins and leader of your life. And if you haven't done that, uh, I want to give you the opportunity to do that today. I'm going to give you the opportunity to do that in just a second. The assumption for those who have put, those of us who have put our faith in Jesus is that you've decided to actively follow Jesus, not just believe in Jesus. So have you? The assumption is that you have surrendered your will. So have you? Listen, does praying this maybe create some tension in you? If so, pay attention to that tension. 
because that's where God wants to work in you. Before you decide to bail, before you decide it's too high a price to pay, be honest. What do you have to show for all the temptations you've allowed yourself to be led into? I mean, isn't it true that saying yes to temptation has generally resulted in a lack of something? Has generally resulted in a decrease? A lack of financial security? A decrease in the ability to be generous? A lack in trust between you and your spouse or your fiancé or your parents or your kids? A depletion of joy, decreased transparency, so many secrets, the erosion of physical or mental health, and limited options, and less freedom, and more regret. See, from my experience, temptation is the threshold to loss. Choosing to follow Jesus is the threshold to life. So let's pray how Jesus taught us to pray and follow him. Because protection of God is a reward from God to those who are surrendered to God. As Jesus said, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. So here's my question for you. What does Jesus want to lead you into? Who are you going to follow? You're going to follow the evil one? Are you going to follow you? fueled by self-gratification and self-preservation? Are you going to follow Jesus? Only one of those leaders leads to life that is truly life. Now, before we leave today, before we wrap up the series, I'm going to, we're going to take a couple moments in prayer one final time, and here's the prayer that I'm going to allow you a couple moments to pray through before we leave. Jesus, what do you want to lead me into? I'm declaring whatever it is, I will follow. Now, once again, if there's anyone here or at home as you're watching who have never put your faith in Jesus by asking him to be the forgiver of your sins and lead your life, and you feel that that's what he's inviting me into, I'd invite you to take that next step today. Right where you're at, quietly, on your couch or in this room, declaring, I, I need a Savior. I need forgiven for my violation of sin against God. And I believe, Jesus, because of your death and resurrection, you are that Savior. So I'm asking you to be the forgiver of my sins and the leader of my life. Let's take a couple moments and pray. Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done in my life. 
Give us, give me today our daily bread. Forgive me my debts as I also forgive my debtors. And lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from the evil one. In Jesus' name, amen.